2: Hello and welcome to episode 40 is the new 30 of the School for Dumb Women, the podcast where three dumb ladies tackle the subjects you're too proud to admit you know nothing about. I'm your host woman, mutton dressed as a 15-year-old boy, Hannah Farrell. I wear a lot of t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> With me is Port a large sports car, despite not having a driving licence, Alexandra Haddow. It
3: does frame my giant penis very nicely when I sit in the driveway in it though. And dating a much younger woman, Caroline O'Donoghue. It's
4: going very well, thank you for asking. I'm just helping her launch her your- in. Instagram business right now.
2: Well, aren't we a sight? This week we're talking about seasonal chocolate orbs, gloopy sea blobs that swim around, and personal taste, of which we, of course, have absolutely none. Now, help me get these leather trousers off and let's get on with the show. Alex, when we came in, you kind of touched me with your fingers, and now I'm just in so much pain um, that Caroline, I'm going to have to ask you to urinate on me. Alex, how did you do this?
3: I'm my section today, Hannah. I am taking on all the characteristics of a jellyfish. Oh, for God's sake. You love uh, marine creatures. Well, so one of my favourite sections I've ever done on this podcast was seahorses.
2: Yes, and I did sponges, of course, quite recently. Of course. And I um, hate the ocean. You hate no, with the With a
4: fiery <laughs> vengeance, <laughs> yes. for it takes all my husbands from me. Yeah. You
3: sink like a stone. <laughs> <laughs> We've also done fish quite early on. Yeah, yeah. but the sea is... A place of endless wonder, Hannah. Mm, Even David Attenborough knows that. Exactly. and uh, you two very kindly for my 30th birthday adopted me a seahorse Mm, we did
4: we did I uh, I think we had more fun planning that birthday gift than (laughs) you will ever have experiencing it do
3: you know what as well I only vaguely remembered talking to you about that and then when I got the package I was like who the hell has adopted me (laughs) oh my god yeah it was these guys
4: my favourite thing about ordering you that adopted seahorse so far was ringing up the seahorse hotline (laughs) I think it was like the Devon Marine Trust or whatever and being like hello I'd like to adopt a seahorse, please, but it's not for me; it's for somebody else. And the guy went, "Oh, right, okay." And I was like, "Do you do? You, can I still do that? Can I still adopt a seahorse?" And he was like, "Yeah, I guess you can." It was like one of those like, <laughs> "Fuck, this phone hasn't rung in ten years." This is like
3: Gary; you're on the adopted seahorse line. Like, He's yeah. just like been writing his novel there. <laughs> oh God, the phone's ringing! Practical joke. Yeah. Oh, guys, there's one seahorse safe in the world Aww, because of Because yeah, of you. Because of me and my love for them. Well, you're not going to want to adopt me one of these guys, Ooh. jellyfish.
4: No, sir. No, sirree, Bob. Nature's plastic bag is what I call them.
3: <laughs> well, I actually read an article today with that exact title. No. Oh. Because there is a species that often gets confused for a plastic bag. So maybe David Attenborough staged all that plastic, you know. Wow. And he just had an army of jellyfish. Um, so him, so him, <laughs> such a fraudster. Oh, by the way, jellyfish are more scary than AI in terms of rising up and killing us all. Oh no! Because um, the, you know how like we're killing everything in the ocean. The ocean's getting warmer. Oh yeah, for sports. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sport. Um, so the ocean's getting warmer, obviously global warming. Um, that is actually facilitating more jellyfish Oh, lovely! as everything else dies out. And they actually oh, think no. that jellyfish are going to starve some species of whales into extinction because jellyfish are going mad with the re- reproduction numbers. Because do jellyfish eat plankton then and whales eat plankton? Is
5: that yeah, basically, idea?
3: yeah. Um, jellyfish are, there's a lot of weird facts about them. I mean, they're weird guys, right? Yeah. They're, they're oh, yeah, they're, weird. Totally they're definitely totally weird, weird. We all know that. They look weird.
2: like they look like there's nothing in them, but apparently there's so is. much membrane well, and horrible. There isn't really
3: and... much in them, but at oh, really? the same time, they're like the mo- They one of them carries the most deadly poison on yeah. earth. Do they have brains? No. Oh, they have no brains. They have no technical organs they have like a series of <gasps> nervous like systems
4: and yeah and so th- can I just say everything you're saying about them repopulating about them killing off sea creatures about them having no brains and about them being awful sounds like propaganda started by the sea <gasps> <laughs> This is like this is that this is like racist sea creatures spreading rumors about Maybe our beloved jellyfish just trying to like you know they're just coming to a new world and they're repopulating they're setting down roots they're trying to learn the customs and everyone's like oh they're breeding like rabbits
3: yeah but yeah basically they're like the a jellyfish um, the in every school soon
4: you'll be yeah. saying yeah I'll add jellyfish
3: yes soon <laughs> they're taking the jobs of the whales
4: <laughs> they
3: are I guess yeah um, so yeah they do, they just have like nervous systems and they don't have a brain or any real organs. And like the Portuguese man-o-war and the box jellyfish can kill you if it stings you. The reason they, they sting so bad is not only if they've got really, really deadly venom. Basically, they're not an aggressive creature. So if you get stung by a jellyfish, it's because you've brushed past it, essentially. Oh, okay. So it's oh. not, oh. not oh. trying to attack you. No, they're so not trying they're to attack bald. you. No, because it doesn't really feel threatened, if you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's not got the cognition. Too much of a fucking gangster. Yes, too much of a fucking, <laughs> yeah. there's thousands of us, bitches. I ain't afraid of no humans. Yeah. And loads of species they don't even think we've ever, ever seen because they live in the depths. Ooh. Uh, and there's like tiny little uh, spiky tentacles on the end of their tentacles that go into and under your skin and then release the venom. This Ooh. is all in like a split second, by the way. Uh, what should you do if you get a jellyfish sting? We yes. want to... Wrong, oh. that's a urban myth But it was in Friends I know, that's what we said as well I said we, me, when I was reading stuff <laughs> Basically it probably feels a tiny bit nice Because you're putting warm liquid on it But it's got nothing to do with the actual God. Uh, piss Oh, okay um, What you should put on it is salt water So go back into the sea oh, No, wow. there might be more jellyfish there That's yeah. the start of this problem Not <laughs> fresh water, because that makes it worse It's got to be salt water, I'm not really sure why you don't have to pee on it, basically. So oh, that's wow, good. that's humiliating so, for a lot of people who've been pissed on. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but why do they have venom in their tentacles?
3: Well, I tried to find this out today, but there doesn't really seem to be. I kept putting like, why is why are they so venomous? And it just kept explaining to me how venomous they were no. and how it how it uh, administers it. But I, yeah, I did. I didn't really find out why they are so venomous. Oh, interesting. But they're basically also asexual they reproduce by just cloning themselves. Oh, creepy. Yeah, it's so creepy. They they clone themselves and it can, depending on the species it can take like, take like days, weeks, months, years. In fact, there was a I think a university in California I read about today that had a certain type of jellyfish and they popped it in its little pond box, like a box. Mm. And they quite bad. They forgot about it for oh, ages. Okay.
4: Wait, they forgot about it?
3: yeah they
2: forgot. Just
4: forgot about a box yeah
3: imagine if that was uh,
4: the shape of water <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: they were just like oh sorry mate
2: like, oh just... god he's
3: looking thin <laughs> yeah. and when yeah. they came back there was 200 and it had cloned <gasps> itself 200 times wow. wow and each one was like an identical replica of the last so they're asexual they like release eggs and sperm in a wanna and then that just sort of that's the thing that takes, like, years, Ooh, days, months. Man. So it's depending. not, like,
2: attached to it while it grows.
3: No. They just, like, pop it on a rock and then, like, a jellyfish. Pop it, a yeah. pop it on and a rock. Yeah. Stay there. Yeah. Also, if you divide them, they will turn into two identical jellyfish. Oh, no, If, like, oh. a, if you chop, like, the tiniest bit of tentacle off of one that will become another jellyfish. They're just such baddies, aren't they? They're such baddies. <laughs> I mean, if someone doesn't do a children's cartoon with a baddie jellyfish in it soon. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, they can clone themselves. Some glow in the dark, which you probably know. Um, some are immortal. No! <laughs> no! They're going they the to kill us
0: all! Oh my goodness. Honest to God.
3: Um, there's two phases to jelly life. This, according to uh, Treehugger.com, uh, the stationary polyp stage and the mobile medusa phase, and the medusa phase is what you know and love. <laughs> <about> <laughs> ah, yes, beloved sure. medusa. Um, so they develop into a medusa, but the Turritopsis nutricula has earned it the nickname the immortal jellyfish for having the ability to travel backwards to the polyp stage <gasps> in times of stress. Oh, so it basically no. does a Benjamin Button, and whenever it gets stressed, it grows younger. That is not okay. It's like us going back into the womb for a bit or like becoming a toddler Mm. for a bit to not deal with stress. I'm uncomfortable. Fuck off. They're going they're gonna kill us all, honestly. When I was reading this today, I was like, this is the plot of a horror film. We're all worrying about the robots killing us all, guys. Well, they're a fucking decoy for the jellyfish who probably made the
4: robots. Oh, they <laughs> absolutely are. And that's so how like a horror film works as well. It's like, oh we've destroyed all the robots. Oh we did it. Yeah. But no, no like the no. real <laughs> threat was this weird translucent
3: Yeah blob from the sea oh. that will probably start growing legs soon oh don't Ugh. yeah
4: what's stopping them from outsmarting us and coming up on land
3: well they have they've inspired underwater robots because of the way they propel themselves so they've like designed underwater robots to like mimic a jellyfish because it's so efficient with the way it Swims. Well, sort of blobs. Now. Oh, I don't freaking out ever want to go in the sea again. No, I know. If
4: any of me and Hannah's money goes towards any jellyfish (laughs) conservation, I will cancel that adoption.
3: Anyone looking to help jellyfish, don't. They are multiplying like sea rabbits. The conditions are helping them. There's too many of them. They sting people. I mean, they're in, U- they're in European waters, like dangerous ones. Mm, that's yeah. our waters. Yeah. Ah,
4: Exactly. Well
2: not. What,
3: um, what part does it play in the food chain? Does it just eat?
2: Does anything it just eat jellyfish? That's, um, that's what I mean. Apart yeah. From
4: some sushi restaurants, I
3: think. I am now Googling for you. Um, the main pred Oh, my God. They are going to kill us. The main predator of jellyfish is other jellyfish. no. So no. as well as everything
2: we've already said, they're cannibals too. Ah. And, they, and they self-breed. They've got no empathy,
3: no love, no attachment. Oh, it says um, they do also have other predators. They're, they are their own worst predator, but... Uh, tunas, <gasps> sharks, and swordfish. Tunas, I love tunas. That's another we've, sea creature we've talked about. We
4: gotta keep the tunas alive. Oh, yeah. oh
3: god, I love the tunas. And sea turtles, so they're the good guys, aren't they? Oh, they're they? good. Let's do yeah. a segment on them. We love them. Yes, There's please. gonna be a sea war soon, and it's gonna be like everybody against the jellyfish. I feel.
4: Yeah. Oh wow, that's a Pixar film I'd pay to see. Yeah. Um, I think I've discovered what the point in the food chain is of jellyfish. It is so eight-year-old boys on the beach can pick one up with a stick and throw it other eight-year-old boys. <laughs>
3: And now I feel like go eight year old boys yeah. go Flee. please please, do, please do. why
4: do they end up washed up on the beach so much
3: um i think that's just because they're not very they're not as like nimble as fish.
0: Yeah. Maybe
2: they think they've developed legs and in their head they're like, "I, it's time to begin the land invasion." Guys.
4: Yes. They're just trying and failing, but one day one <gasps> of them will. Yes. One of them will open a bank account. <laughs> yeah, they're like the guys, you
3: know, attacking the beaches, you know. Yeah. They're like, "We lost a lot of good men out there, but it's just the jellyfish." Yeah, maybe they're we're just there lying. We're in Normandy. Or maybe they're just like lying in wait. <laughs> Fuck. hell! Yeah. Oh, no. Because um, also, um, they have managed to block And shut down nuclear reactors because they all blob together in like the tunnels under the sea. So they could basically block our water supply and then kill us all.
2: I did not enjoy this segment. I don't even even think they
3: breathe because they haven't got lungs. We don't know what they are. Guys, I'm scared of jellyfish. And point 14 on this, uh, one of the articles I was looking at today is jellyfish might take over the ocean. because That's number
4: 14.
3: Yeah, that's number 14. They put that
4: right down the end. They put that right down the
3: bottom. Because... Well, like any good horror film, you don't take it that seriously until they're on your doorstep.
2: Shit. Yes. <laughs> ringing your doorbell. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Hello. Wearing a moustache and a hat. Be like, Hello, I'm campaigning for Jellyfishes yeah. United.
3: Some of them... Can I leave
4: you this pamphlet? <laughs>
3: P.S. I can kill you with a few minutes if I, within a few minutes if I wanted to. So just sign chop, here. chop, get on
4: side. Exactly. You know, easier now than later. We'll give you a high-ranking job writing propaganda for the jellyfish. Yes.
3: <laughs> um. I just want to tell you uh, that if you don't, if you don't comply, um, one of the worst stings of jellyfish is by the Irukandi jellyfish. Which leaves victims in such agonising pain that they beg for death.
4: Oh, now put the kettle on, you fat bitch, before I come into your house and murder your family. This has been the Jellyfish. Toodaloo.
2: (laughs) Caroline, can you just be honest with me for a second? Um, have I pissed you off or something?
4: No, Hannah, why could you ask that? Because this week you sent a SWAT team to my house and shared nudes of me online. Hannah, that wasn't me, but sadly you have been doxxed, which also happens to be the subject of this week's Women Who Code Mixer. Yay! <laughs> As many of you might know by now, the Women Who Code Mixer is our weekly segment where we talk about technology, the internet and the art of being online. Ah. And this week I'm talking about doxing. What do we know? I see this word quite a lot and I actually still don't know what it
2: is. So mm. I'm glad I didn't Google it before this section.
4: Same. It's a real hacker word. Yeah. It's a real 90s word. She was doxxed. She was doxxed, yeah. Is it like Ashton
3: Kutcher's new show? You've been doxxed. There's, You've been doxed doxed there. There's dox over there. We had a dox in your hat. You've done a dox on the floor.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so um, what doxing is, it is the um, internet based practice of revealing somebody's identity and um, when they don't want to be revealed oh Ooh. like Banksy or something like Banksy or like the um, very famous weird tweeter drill do you know drill no yeah. oh wow well you guys have a whole like seven years of tweets to look at <laughs> but like drill was this is, is just this like man who is completely anonymous, he's like the biggest person on Twitter, he's got like a million followers, he just tweets very strange things, and his profile photo is a picture of Jack Nicholson, blurred. <laughs> okay. And um, so no, no one knew who he was for a really, really long time, and everyone loves him, he's such a cult figure, that everyone was just like, and we don't want to know, because leave him be. Okay. And then recently, he got doxxed, and I was like, what does that mean? And it turns out what that means is when you sort of reveal somebody's identity online and basically loads of people, like in the end of Spider-Man 2, were just like, yes, we've seen this information and we're all going to pretend like it didn't exist because we love Drill so much. That's nice. But the thing is about doxing is that like it's not just, oh, this person who's anonymous online, their name is actually this. Um, Doxing can be like sharing their personal information, their address, their like where they work you just basically really really personal information oh. see now
2: you're saying it I think I've heard of it in the context of people sharing like celebrities phone numbers and stuff
4: yeah um, it happens an awful lot to like female journalists who've said something that yeah. like pissed off like some Reddit community and then they all agree to sort of dox her and oh. these, it's yeah, it's horrible. And they like, um yeah, they find out her address, they threaten her family, they send letters to her employer, they send SWAT teams to her house just to make life really fucking difficult for her. Mm. And it's one of those things, like that thing on the internet where like it starts off as being like playful tomfoolery and then gets really severe and it like destroys people's lives. Oh my yeah. God. But then on the other hand, there are people who dox people. They dox like members of the Ku Klux Klan, people who dox members of ISIS, you know, so it's one of those things mm. where like I think it's a very you can Machiavellian thing if
3: you're continuously breaking the law, maybe.
4: See, here's the thing. It's not against the law to dox somebody. Oh. What? Yeah. So if, if, if the like the results of doxing someone say, like, um, encouraging people to be violent towards them, that's inciting violence. That's a crime. Yeah. But like just sharing somebody's home address online isn't illegal.
3: Wow. That's yeah. really weird because with photo agencies and stuff, you can't show a celebrity coming out of their house to the point where that house could be identifiable.
4: Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah.
3: Like, they do it with politicians quite a lot. Like, coming out of their house, you
4: can probably work out which one yeah. it is. Mm. But, um... Other Where is this Downing more... Street? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is number 10 so blurry? Yeah. yeah. But what what they often do, though, these sort of, like, group doxers, they'll, like, they'll decide to, like, pick on someone or whatever and, um... Some some of them use, like, very complicated software to get, like, very detailed things. But some mm. of them will literally just, like, okay, this person, she's used, like, five different usernames over the last five years. In this one in 2012, she mentioned that she was going to Ipswich and it only took her an hour to get there. So that means she lives within an hour's distance of this place. And they, they'll kind of keep cross-referencing information with one another oh, until they triangulate exactly where these people live. Like it's really Really scary And like basically The law does nothing To stop it Wow Great mm-hmm. Well that seems fine Yeah it's completely fine Right It's just another Disturbing Women Who Code Mixer Michelle Obama Has been doxxed Has she? Yeah and The address of like Her like uh, Members of her family Were revealed And Whoa. stuff Yeah oh. It's quite scary isn't it Oh, Sorry Michelle
3: Sorry Michelle <laughs> So, Hannah, I like you, but I've always hated peanut butter with an almost visceral nature and hmm. it fills me with hate. Yes. Why do these two things exist?
2: You know, that's strange because I am made out of 90% peanut butter. That's so... fine because I don't lick you. Yeah, well,
3: not often. No. Save all, all your okay. licking for me, boys. <laughs> Save all your
4: licking for me. Sorry. <laughs> What's fine.
3: that? Save all your kisses
4: for me. Oh, right. I thought you were just making up as a song. Oh. No,
3: I always use old songs and you two are like, oh, we're only really freshly hatched You're making <laughs> up a song. Uh, yes. So this week
2: I am answering a question from a listener. Someone called Hannah M. Morris tweeted us and said, hey dummies, I have a question. What is personal taste in a literal sense of why do I like marmalade but not mushrooms? Ooh. Do you mm. like mushrooms?
4: Yeah. I do, but yeah. I hate marmalade. You hate marmalade? Yeah. I like yeah.
2: both. Oh, okay. I like both as well. Uh, but yeah, it's a really interesting question. I think it's a great question. And I did some research. Oh, and... On this podcast? <laughs> really? <laughs> and I found some really interesting stuff. So according to an article on The Cut, very good American website. Very good anyone website. I big has fan. not seen it, um, there are three main ways we learn to like or dislike flavours. And this is coming from an interview they did with a psychologist called Michael Tordoff. So the first one, he says, flavor nutrient learning. Uh, We learn from positive associations between the flavor and what the food does to our bodies. So if you eat sugar, you're like, oh, fantastic. I like having this energy. This is great. I like this. The example he uses is cherry-flavoured fruit roll-ups, which is very
4: specific. Mm. I
2: never had those as a kid. I, I was do too love cherry-flavoured things,
4: though, in general. Oh, really? Very good. Mm. Cherry
3: Coke, underrated.
4: Ah, uh, yeah, very good. Cherry
3: Cola, L-O-L-A, Lola. You know what happened just now?
2: Tastes like uh, cherry cola. A... Oh. C-O-L-A, Cola. Oh,
6: yeah. Oh. Anyway, that's all I think of when anyone says Cherry Cola.
2: Uh, the second way you learn to like or dislike flavours is called taste flavor learning, where you associate a flavor with something you already like, which is interesting. So the example he gives is plain crackers. Some of them they put high-fat cheese on, some of them they put low-fat cheese on, and mm. the people who had the crackers with the high-fat cheese liked the crackers on their own more than the people who ah, had the low-fat cheese with the crackers. I see. So it was when they were eating the crackers afterwards without the cheese. They were like, oh, yeah, I like these because normally
4: you have like high fat cheese on them, which is delicious. Oh, I see. So it's like learned behavior. People who are used to putting low fat cheese were kind of like meh about crackers. But people who used high fat cheese were like, I love crackers. Exactly. The high fat cheese machine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I
2: see. And then the third uh, reason they give us social learning, which is that we just like what other people like. And that can start from, you know, as soon as you're in your mother's stomach, some of the food that she eats will kind of like get through to you.
4: Oh, yeah. I read about that. Um, Like, so if a woman is uh eating a lot of garlic while she's gestating, then she breastfeeds, uh, there'll be like more garlic in her milk yes. ducts. So yeah. then that child will have like a strong affiliation with garlic. Yeah. Garlic exactly. in her
3: milk ducts is
2: one of the mm. worst things I've
4: ever heard. <laughs> New punk band. Mm. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, And then another kind of aspect of it is also that when you're a child or even, I guess, when you're an adult, um, you kind of learn through behavior of people. So, like, if you're sitting at the dinner table and uh, your parents are like, oh, have some more broccoli. You have to have two more bites of broccoli and then you can have dessert. You're like, oh, that must mean that broccoli is bad because they're trying Mm. to get me to eat it. And if it was like bad for me, a.k.a. delicious, then they would not do that.
3: But then again, the reason that you're having to force them to eat the broccoli is because they're like, oh, that's horrible.
4: <laughs> yeah, it is crap. Like, oh, I don't know. I think broccoli could be pretty nice. Oh, no, it can be. Yeah, really as goes. an adult, sure. But yeah. as a kid,
3: you're like, oh, no. Yeah. No,
2: thanks. And another reason for that is apparently we have an aversion, naturally, to bitter tastes. So things like kale and leafy greens and stuff like that because
4: uh, sometimes bitterness can mean that something is poisonous. Mm. Are you guys more likely to be... Um, have an aversion to something because of the taste or because of the texture? oh texture really a yeah.
3: uh, bit of both but I, mm. I quite like the taste of aubergine but I hate the texture of it when it's all fucking gloopy oh, and horrible I love that mm. I love that slimy
2: aubergine uh, oh I do love a
4: slimy aubergine as long as no. it's warm no. like, Dill. for me Dillies. I feel like my biggest aversion is smell oh yeah the... no
2: that's another thing actually oh because smell is something like 90% of taste isn't it yeah well according to flavour scientists an aversion to certain tastes like the example they give is cilantro cilantro, cilantro. Is that coriander, it's coriander Yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently that, an aversion to certain tastes is inborn, but an aversion to aromas is learned behaviour. Oh, So maybe you know you know what it tastes like and you know that you hate the taste, so when yeah. you smell it you're like, oh, gross.
3: There's a genetic thing where people hate coriander because mm. my best mate has it and she's like, it tastes like soap in my mouth. So many people say that. I can't yeah. get rid, like, she's not a fussy person in a restaurant, but if it comes with the coriander, she's like, I, I promise you I can't eat it, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Or she has to like, pick it off. I have like a low-key rubbish. version
2: of that, where I, I think a lot of coriander is horrible, but um, I can handle a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Coriander kind of is okay. a
4: lot of people's like least favourite thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's really strange. Is. Yeah.
2: Another one that I have um is like fennel and licorice and anise Oh, and I hate flavors. that, yeah. I think they're just the most
4: disgusting thing. Really? Because you strike me as such a licorice person. Oh, absolutely not. Really? I absolutely. would have said that as well. 100% not. Yeah. yeah. God. You really have the personality of somebody Who would like really go for a box of licorice Oh no because you're just like a
3: dad That's You're not, like a gardening yeah. dad but You're like kind of a
4: hip dad Do yeah. you know what I mean? Okay Ooh, I don't know Well I asked on Twitter anyway I said what does
2: everyone think of these flavours Because I personally think There's nothing more disgusting And most people said I hate them I hate them so much Yeah um, mm. Interestingly Alan Maguire Who hosts the Juvenalia podcast Which Hi, is very good Everyone should listen to it um, He says he loves fennel Hates the other two and I was like, how, how can you like one and hate the others? They're so similar. And he says, uh, I've only eaten fennel once and I cooked it myself. So maybe the things I was eating it nice. with masked the flavour.
3: Yeah, fennel's not as bad because you can, it, once you cook it and cover it in sauce, like I've had it as a tiny part of a meal and it's not as bad. Yeah, mm. it's not
2: the worst thing ever. Yeah. Uh, lots of people saying across the board, no, absolutely not. Uh, destroy all licorice. And mm. then a couple of people said, I love them. I love all three, including our super fan listener, Scott. from Hi, Oregon. Scott. Hello, Scott. He says, love it, the more the merrier. So,
4: what I find really interesting is how um, certain tastes come back into vogue. So, for example, my mother who owns a sweet shop, Mm. she's been complaining to me recently that she can't um, get hold of licorice fast enough because there's, like, suddenly a big craze for licorice.
2: Oh, really? Yeah, and
4: it has to be, like, imported from, like, Norway and, like, everyone wants different kinds of flavours and stuff. Oh, that
2: is bizarre. The other thing, obviously, about tasting and personal taste is that you can associate it with stuff. So, um... My friend Chloe Gray says, "Shudder, totally gross about licorice. Um, had too many black sambuca nightmares as an idiot student. Oh yeah,
3: oh, I don't oh. think I've ever had a shot. Of, well, like I've like tasted, you know, a sip, and it was the worst
4: thing I've. But it's, ever it's had. one of those things. The second someone says it, you just feel it in the back of your throat. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I oh, no,
2: I've had that before when I've had a night out drinking just, you know, gin and tonics or whatever, mm. and then for the next month I just can't." I just cannot like, smell
3: gin even. Cuz oh, I'm God, like, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. Too much. Disgusting. Defer. And like certain cooking smells can take you back to your childhood instantly, can't they?
2: Oh, yeah, totally. Mm, There was a brilliant article that I came across in the researching of this called Men Who Eat Like Boys. And it was a male magazine. And it's all about (gasps) these men who are like in their, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s even, who don't eat vegetables. And they just eat chips and plain pasta and like hamburgers and stuff. And it's just fantastic. And it's interviewing a couple of them. And this one guy says, uh, yeah, it is quite peculiar to be 56 years old with all that stuff like vegetables piling up along the edge of your plate. So I recommend this article. It's really interesting. I'm going to tweet it.
4: Um, One of my few beliefs that I will not be deterred from is that people who are picky eaters are not good in bed. Like, uh, that I just, you will not argue me away from that. It's like somebody who's like, oh, like I'm just sort of, I don't like my food touching, or like, oh, I don't eat this, but I will eat that. And like, can you just please? uh," God, it's so true. No one is ever really going to lose themselves in sexual intercourse with another person (laughs) if they can't lose themselves in gravy, you know? Yes,
2: that
6: is so true. And
2: it's excusable in situations where, you know, you might have a food intolerance or like an eating disorder, totally fine. But if you're just like, I don't like my beans and my broccoli to touch then what the hell are you going to do well first of all beans like and broccoli <laughs>
4: not really something you have together a lot no. oh
2: yeah sure you would you have <laughs> oh a,
4: sure you would yeah, so sure you'd have a jelly
2: potato
3: with beans and cheese and some broccoli on the side no you wouldn't you're a freak
4: that's and mad
3: definitely way too adventurous in the bedroom <laughs> yeah what are you getting
4: up to <laughs> no but yeah no exactly people who are like squeamish are never going to be shackable. No matter what they look like, no matter who they are.
3: Yeah, you can't you can't not eat two foods that are touching and then pop a cock in your mouth, can you? Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> thing is, I'm I'm convinced that on some level we all know this because like, what is the thing that we do with people before we decide that we're going to shag them? Have we go, dinner. Yeah, we have dinner. Exactly. Yeah. We go we go for a couple of drinks and if we still like them, we might go to dinner for them and then we'll decide on a belly full of mac and cheese whether <laughs> or not we'll shag them. Yeah. Why is that? Because we're testing how they feel about food because that's how they feel about bodies.
3: Oh, my God, you're a genius. (laughs) Also, this (laughs) this is a very, um, I know this makes no sense whatsoever, but I don't like it when a man is like, Oh no, sorry, I don't like spicy food. Because in my head, I'm equating it to like right. being bad in bed as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh no, I'll just have the korma. You probably it will make
4: you shower beforehand. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and it's not it's not the whole masculinity hotness thing either, because I hate it when a guy's like, oh, I'll have the. Uh, Give me a madras. Yeah, I'll have the hottest <laughs> thing you've got. Because yeah. that just, just makes you cringe know? as well. It's more just like oh no I don't like spicy food because it's the same it's thing it's because you're like,
2: generalising the whole thing yeah, being yeah, like, it is that's exactly not that. a thing like, I do actually yeah. that's not in my remit Yeah, and yeah. nothing new will ever be in my remit therefore it's missionary all the way yes, yes. that's exactly how I feel yes
4: yeah. exactly anyone who makes any blanket decision about like what like you don't like curry you don't like an entire continent's like yeah. main dish yeah. <laughs> like yeah, what's yeah, yeah. wrong with you like
3: curry has about a million different flavours yeah yeah.
2: I'm glad we're all agreed lads hmm so to answer the question that Hannah posed at the beginning uh, what is personal taste like in a literal sense it's basically a combination of loads of stuff and it makes sense that everyone kind of has slightly different personal taste because it's a combination of of nature and nurture basically Mm. and like all the very specific things that have happened in your life yeah truth yeah so thank you Hannah for your question Um, And if you would also like to ask us a question, please tweet us at Pod, or Facebook us or Instagram us or email us, dumbwomenpod at gmail.com.
5: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.
1: Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
2: Caroline, you left us a set of clues as to your whereabouts this evening, and now we're breaking bits off you to eat. What is going on?
4: I am a mysterious human-shaped rabbit. Mm. Nobody knows why I'm affiliated with the death of Christ, but now they're about to. (laughs) I'm the Easter Bunny, lads. Ah. Ah. (laughs) I trust all of you have eaten uh, at least one and a half. Easter eggs. That's the average, I think, for an adult, isn't it? Yeah. Oh right, yeah. As a kid, you go mad. Yeah. Oh yeah, you get to, you get like four or five as yeah. a kid, I think.
2: Yeah, there's always like misc chocolate hanging around, isn't there? Yeah, there's there's the
4: little golden lint bunny
0: with the oh little yeah, thing. Yes. you always save him the for bell. a special oh, occasion, yeah. don't you? Yeah, you yes. always like
4: keep him on top of the fridge, being and, like, I'll get to you. And oh, then yeah.
2: someone will buy the tiny little Tesco foil wrapped eggs.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of don't taste that good, but you still eat all of them yeah. at once. Yeah, they don't. I, I feel like we, as adults, we need to reclaim the Easter egg hunt, because that was the best bit, wasn't it? That was it? great, yeah. So yeah. good.
3: That's how my brother-in-law proposed to my sister last Easter. Aww. Oh, that's lovely.
4: And also not expected, because generally it's Valentine's Day, Christmas Day or birthday. Yeah, so like, she was really like, oh, really didn't expect it. So this is what I, I kind of want to get into with Easter, because it's like... Um,
3: such a weird holiday, isn't it? Yeah, mm. no one
4: really. Everyone's just grateful for the long weekend.
3: Aren't yeah, they? everyone yeah. loves a long
4: weekend. Everyone loves having a nice meal, and those, like often the weather is quite good because it happens to be sort of the first nice weekend of spring. Yeah, and everyone's just like, oh, lovely. Yeah. But like, if you really pick it apart, it's like, okay, you've got um the death and resurrection of the Christian prophet Jesus, Age Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Him Our main again. man Jesus, <laughs> and then you got eggs. Yes, mm. and then you get rabbits. Yeah, and then you get a long weekend. New, new life—that's what it is. Yeah. New life, spring yeah. lamb. And I feel like I always known that sort of vague, like, oh, because it's you know Jesus dying, spring lambs. Like, yeah. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> dying so eggs could live
3: and
2: be nice. <laughs> yes.
4: Um. So the reason um we were given because I went to a Catholic primary school. And secondary school was that the egg was the stone in front of the cave. Oh, really? That Jesus died in. What? I, I never got told that. No. I thought it was just
3: like the symbol of new life. Oh, I yeah. fully
4: think that there's just like a couple of like elderly teachers in Ireland who are like, oh, shut up, and just like, yeah, it's enough. the stone in front of the cave. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the most like Irish explanation for anything. Um, but to to bring it all back, the word and like even the word Easter, like why isn't it called like Jesus? again day yeah is like, it east is there something from the east no what it actually is a profound amount of easter detail comes from germany oh just nice we don't really get a lot of Hi, that on the podcast do we? Oh. come through germany um so there is a uh, old sort of pagan germanic god s goddess oh. called easter so e-o-s-t-r-e and she was the german goddess of light Oh, yeah. Aww. So, like, she would come in after the long, cold winter, and, you know, she, the, the, basically the spring equinox, right? Just like the, the days getting longer, life springing forth, whatever. Oh, right. Yeah. So, Easter was named after her. Lovely. The rabbits thing was, a, yeah, because of new life and fertility and stuff. Yeah. And rabbits breed like rabbits. Exactly. Rabbits breed like rabbits. But there's also this, like, weird, um, weird mythology around hares because actually the Easter Bunny if you look quite closely at how he's depicted he's not a bunny at all he's actually a hare oh interesting is it definitely
2: a man because I think we tend to think of animals as
4: being male
2: but is there anything that means that the Easter Bunny couldn't be
4: a lady he's rarely depicted as one and he's also um, in in that sort of pagan Germanic culture he's supposed to be like um, sort of like Santa's Sort of underling a bit in the sense that he's there to like judge the behaviour of children. Oh, weird. Yeah, so he gives you an egg like if you've been good. Oh, everything's just bribes to kids. Yeah, <laughs> it is just bribes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, hairs as well are associated with um, the Christian church in general because for a long, long time, hairs were thought to be um, hermaphrodites. Sure. Like they, people thought they just bred with themselves, and they didn't need to no, have. No, that's jellyfish. Like, li- yeah, that's <laughs> jellyfish. Um, people like literally Plutarch wrote about this about how like a hair um, didn't need to have sex to reproduce, and that then they associated the Virgin Mary with hairs. So sometimes when you go into old churches, you see this trifecta of hairs together. Wow, really? Yeah, wow. and they what? kind of like symbolize the the Holy Trinity or whatever. Mm. But then the eggs thing. Because hares don't don't lay eggs. Ah, Ah. jinx.
3: (laughs) They do not. But maybe they're friends with the common hen. Maybe they steal eggs, like horrible birds. (laughs) Horrible, horrible birds.
6: The Cadbury's
3: caramel bunny is nice.
4: So apparently the thing that I was told, um, there's actually some truth in it. The hard shell of the egg represents the sealed tomb of Christ. Sure. And cracking the shell represents Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Historically, Christians would also abstain from all kinds of eggs during Lent because eggs were a luxury. So Lent is over, have an egg. And then at some point they became painted and then because, you know, Germans, they love their chocolate or whatever, uh, they became chocolate eggs. Oh. Yeah. So we've gone from a
3: stone rolling away the tomb of the Son of God to thousands of Cadbury's eggs
2: in a supermarket. Mm, And all at a discount, actually, just after Easter. So time of listening, if you've not been
4: to the supermarket. Yeah, yet, go tonight.
3: They'll all be a quid. Oh, can't wait.
4: The, the, the last sort of like uh, Easter food mystery I wanted to solve was hot cross buns. Oh, uh, love a hot cross bun. Love them. So mm, good toasted. Not so good fun. with butter. Oh, you don't like raisins though, do you?
3: Well, no, I don't mind them. I just don't think they're as amazing as everyone goes on about. I well, could, I think t- they I could are. take it or leave them.
4: Mm. Uh, to be honest, they are sort of like a redressing of um, every other kind of tea cake, which is just like yeah. it's it's a fruity bread that you can toast and is nice with butter on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the difference with the hot cross bun is that it's got the bloody the sign of the cross. It, that's and that's bloody weird, yeah. isn't it? Because yeah. everything else, all the other Easter snacks are just like, oh yeah, some kind of stuff that we franchised in from like the pagan cultures or whatever. It's all one brand now. Get used to it. Yeah. Um. But this is just like, no, no. This is the Jesus bun. This <laughs> is the Jesus death bun. And I was hoping that the more I looked into it the more like um, sane it would seem but actually it's more insane the more you look into it because um, the bun marks the end of Lent and different parts of the hot cross bun have a certain meaning including the cross representing the crucifixion of Jesus and the spices inside signifying the spices used to embalm him at his burial. Oh, no, that's weird. No,
3: they've made the thing and then they've tried to link it back. Yeah, like, they're yeah. like
4: trying to tie it all they're up like, together. Oh, they've got all
3: this dough and someone spilled all the cinnamon in it.
2: For oh, yeah.
3: God's
4: They embalmed him with cinnamon. Dave. Yeah, Delicious cinnamon bungees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, hot cross buns have been around for bloody ages. They're like probably the most English thing about Easter that there is. And uh, there's loads of stuff in English folklore about uh, hot cross buns. And like, if you make one on Good Friday, it'll last the whole year. And if you take mm. it on a shipwreck with you, you'll not get ill on the shipwreck and stuff. Uh, right. uh, on the on shipwreck. shipwreck. <laughs> if you take it onto a sea voyage with you, it won't get shipwrecked. And like, all kinds of mad stuff. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a bit like my segment that I did on. Um, Christmas food in that it's all just mad crap we've pilfered from different places Mm. and then just glued it all together and none of it makes sense but everyone's okay with it yeah like a Christopher Nolan film
2: fine Now, an important part of becoming a smart woman is, of course, the ability to know about all the latest trends. What's hot and what's not? What fitness class should I have already booked onto six months ago? And what clothing trend will I spend £70 on but only wear once? To answer all these questions and more, we've recruited a woman whose only qualification is that her name allows us to make a great pun in the segment title. Allow us to introduce the School for Dumb Women's newest segment... On the Vine with Lucy Vine. <laughs> viney,
4: viney, 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 viney. <laughs> viney. Viney, viney, viney.
2: There you go, there's my jingle. <laughs> there's the jingle. Lucy, hello, I feel like we've hello. heard
4: your
3: voice on the podcast before. Oh yeah, didn't you send me all those rude voice messages?
6: No, I came on to talk about my book, ah. Hen Parties. Oh, it's
4: embarrassing,
3: isn't
6: it? The Hen
4: Party Woman. The Hen Party we Woman. We did discuss you after you left, yes, I recall. <laughs> did you? Are you
6: talking <laughs> about my hair again? Yeah. <laughs>
4: Guys, you can't see this because of the podcast, but she's got very good hair. It's a
6: mane. So
2: on the vine with Lucy Vine, uh, what trends are you going to tell us about this week? So
6: in my new segment, I'm going to do you top three April trends for you, if that's okay. So at number three this month is signature hats. Ooh. So, here is a thing that is happening. Apparently, Katie Holmes and Jamie Foxx have signature hats. Keep forgetting they're a couple. It's yeah, wonderful know, right? every time. Uh, they're a couple that have signature hats. Elaborate. Yeah, they're quite large and floppy hats, but I can't tell you much else because <laughs> the, the pictures were very dark. Where do they live? Is it LA? Yeah, is it they're sunny in, there? Yeah, of course. Everybody's in LA. <laughs> right. That's where it's <laughs> yeah. another trend. LA is a trend. Ooh. It's
3: always a constant trend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? Do, but yeah. by signature hats, do you mean like matching hats? Yeah, it's
6: confusing, isn't it? Um, Basically, um, this comes from a new set of pictures of the couple that was posted by a photo agency. So, you know, if anyone would know who owns signature hats, it's the paps that follow them around everywhere they go. So their caption on these pictures read, um, Wearing their signature hats, Katie Holmes and Jamie Foxx were seen heading back to her place after a dinner date.
3: (laughs) That's how I imagine paps talk. They're such a strange couple because he is like the coolest person you've ever (laughs) seen. And she has PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. The paps were only allowed to be paps recently because <laughs> yeah. Tom Cruise put it a five a year ban on her oh, of course yeah. Yeah. so they're just going to town on her but she's yeah. got, she
4: doesn't have an interesting life
3: <laughs> I know so, it's so like, this is yeah. why she has a signature hat yeah. now her, her hiding yes. Yeah. <laughs> under her although her she's managed hat. to like really upgrade from Tom Cruise to Jamie oh, Foxx yeah. oh, he's so much cooler yeah. isn't he? she was probably like you can just not pat me and do anything. I'm having sex with Jamie. <laughs> I wonder Fox. how many other cool boyfriends she had
2: in between Tom Cruise and the time when the you know. Well, apparently it was Jamie the whole time. Was. Yeah, but oh, they were really?
3: they were together really really quickly after, oh, so yeah. they had to keep yes. a secret for almost five years. Oh, yeah, guys. Yeah, and then so. it was
6: sort of to the day that that five-year contract, or four-year contract uh, expired, that they were seen on a beach holding hands. Oh, I like, in, like that. A really, I like set really up. love that. Yeah. That's love, isn't it? Contracts.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> contracts I, keeping your love secret. I always just see when think what I. See see Tom Cruise's little face on Graham Norton being all charming, I'm always like... No, you stopped Jamie Foxx from declaring his love. <laughs> Katie sofa, Holmes, I really don't, don't care oh for, god. but Jamie Foxx. Yeah.
4: <laughs> my yeah. d- my dream for all of pop culture is that Katie Holmes one day um, is like the either the director or the executive producer on like a four part HBO miniseries that's about a brown haired actress who gets involved in a cult and it's so thinly veiled. <gasps> yeah. Oh my like, god, it imagine. has to be like Daytime. super thinly veiled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
6: Oh my god, it would be one of those Lifetime documentaries.
4: Oh yeah, that's that's exactly Starring what I want. Her yes,
3: <laughs> she wouldn't be able to direct it though because she too boring she
6: but. is very boring but don't you think having a signature hat makes her more interesting <laughs> yeah it does actually yeah, yeah. she's and got a two it's points it's kind of a brown floppy hat which kind of screams
4: personality to <sighs> <say laughs> that. that sort of implies that they've been known for wearing these hats for a long time exactly. when we know that they haven't been known know. for being papped so they couldn't have a yeah. signature thing I've literally very never seen
6: hat. Katie in a hat in my life Oh. Yeah. She's so weird. God love her. Okay, yeah, so number two on my trends of the month, uh, fake apologies. Always a trend. Yeah, so CBS presenter Charlie Rose in the US but tweeted the letter H recently. And the internet is convinced it is some kind of heartfelt secret apology for having sexually harassed multiple women. So it's, that's a bit confusing, uh, isn't it? What? God, we really a strange what? story. Nothing of men. <laughs> We're yeah. like, oh, he's apologized. It's this, fine. That's he it, isn't it? H.
5: <laughs> yeah. Ledger nobody's H. worried.
6: So he's a, he's a TV star over there, and he got sacked um, after many women accused him of harassment, stuff like groping and wandering around naked oh. in front of them. Why? And until is now, it he'd yes yeah. Oh yeah. What is it? And there was a bathrobe, I think, as well. Oh. Just wants God. to be Harvey Weinstein, oh. doesn't he? Just ban bathrobes, yeah. guys. So the. Only thing he'd said up until this this butt tweet was, I have behaved insensitively at times, and I accept responsibility for that. Which again is not an apology. Insensitively
4: at times. Yeah. That could be anywhere from like <laughs> I didn't RSVP to a wedding yeah. to like yeah. I killed someone. Yeah, <laughs> like...
6: that is insensitive.
3: <laughs> Maybe Murder. he was trying to reach out to Ian Watkins, aka H from Steps. Yeah.
6: <laughs> oh. I thought yeah. you meant the one in prison who like not uh, him. the two Ian's. The mirror has two.
3: Not the paedophile.
6: Yeah. But yeah, I will go out on a limb and say accidentally tweeting the letter H is not an apology either. But everyone on the internet was like, welcome back, we've missed you. And like begging him to come back and all like, oh, he's suffered enough. He should be forgiven because he accidentally posted the letter
4: H in our timeline. Jesus. I'm amazed that somebody as old as Charlie Rose even has the Twitter app on their phone. Right. Like ready to go. It's mad.
6: Yeah, Maybe someone installed it on his, on his phone for him and that's why he tweeted the letter yeah. H. Yeah, but I think it makes sense because
2: actually... Uh,
6: people of our generation
2: wouldn't tend to butt tweet because your phone <laughs> opens with a code, right? Yeah, yeah. Phone, but yeah. when you're older, that's true. Your phone of swipe open, and you're like, hmm, yeah,
6: gonna go on Twitter,
2: yep. bum yeah, butt tweet something. <laughs>
6: <laughs> so yeah, I'm just gonna say it's not a real apology when people say sorry if or sorry but or. Accidentally tweet the letter H. Yes. <laughs> Correct.
4: And number one... The three big tenements of apologising.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Those are my three qualifiers. Number one on my uh, April trends list is uh revenge ukuleles. Ooh. So instead of getting a revenge makeover or having a revenge romance, celebs are now buying revenge ukuleles. It is a definite thing. So what are they doing with them? And they like pose- yeah, no. posing next That's to them. That's it. And- so yeah, so Selena Gomez, just to explain my really strange, <laughs> strange- Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> Selena Gomez just broken up with Justin Bieber again. Oh, oh my god! Give it yep. up. How yep. many times? They're oh, like, don't. It's so sad. They're not just, like old enough to be have be this on again, off again. It's mad to me. But didn't you do this when you were like twenty? No. Didn't you? I oh, left I people in the
4: dust to <laughs> die. Yeah. Mourn me yeah. forever.
6: Yeah. 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 No, well, I tortured they, somebody for like, quite a long time oh, doing did you? this
3: very thing. <laughs>
4: Well, everyone needs a way to get their self-esteem when they're a child, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes stringy along, harmless men. Yeah. Also,
3: the ukulele is notoriously hard to play. So maybe yeah. she's like,
4: look, how <laughs> oh, musical I, I am I no. am having the best time ever yeah.
6: without just a <laughs> with my ukulele. I
2: am getting so much done.
4: Yeah. <laughs> it's so perfect, though, because like everyone's reaction to like a big life change or like a big breakup yeah, or whatever yeah. is like, I'm going to learn a new skill. I'm going to learn sign language. I'm going to buy a 14.99 ukulele and yes. tour Australia <laughs> with it. Done. Done so. But how
6: do you guys handle breakups? Do you uh, buy ukuleles or burn things with fire?
3: Um, I burn my yeah. hair off and change the color of it usually. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So cliche. Yeah, oh, and so then I usually pull leader. like three young boys that are inappropriate. How young. Like, no, like, <laughs> in how things? young. Like cow. in their 20s, but like barely, you know? Okay.
4: Yeah. Uh, my breakup strategy is generally to watch something that has eight seasons, eight to ten seasons. Yes. Uh, all of it. Yeah. Every time I hear the "If you're out on the road, <laughs> oh, no. feeling lonely," I'm just like, "Oh, that's every breakup I've ever had." Just oh, there. What <laughs> is it? What is that? Gilmore, Gilmore Girls, Girls theme Girls. tune. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't watch it. Sorry.
2: I've only ever had one significant breakup when I was oh 18, I guess. So Ooh. I just realised really quickly that it meant that I could kiss the boy I fancied in English class. Yay! Wow. So oh, and did
6: you? <laughs> I- I did Alex Yes. Well now you're married yeah <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's how it works right sure <laughs> and those are my April trends yay very good trends
2: yay. well that was definitely infotainment wasn't it ladies <laughs> We're all trendy jellyfish with great taste in chocolate now and with signature hats. As usual, thank you to Soho Radio for our recording space, Gavin Day for our logo, and Harry Harris for our jingle. Without these clever men, we would be the even dumber and worse produced school for dumb women. If you enjoyed this episode, please do go and rate and review us on the Apple Podcast Store, or if you're listening to this podcast through your neighbour's wall, maybe buy them a discount Easter egg to say thanks. Until next time, goodbye! Bye! Bye.
4: girl yeah. this is a
3: character you'll know what
4: to do when the time comes (laughs) yes
3: they've been around for longer than dinosaurs
4: ah no more jellyfish facts you stop now back to the beautiful seahorses yeah please stop Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Anton. We are two of the three co-hosts of a podcast called Juvenalia. Our third co-host, Sarah Marie Griffin, is not here. Juvenalia
3: is a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a piece of pop culture that they were obsessed with when they were a child. So if you want to hear Sarah from Teagan and Sarah talking about Madonna's True to the Tour,
2: Or hear about Maria Joel Kennedy and why her favorite film is The Wizard of Oz.
3: Or hear Carolina Donahue talking about Frasier.
2: And subscribe to us on any podcast app you might be listening to right now. Okay, that's the ad. Then. Bye,
3: everybody. Thank you.
0: Bye.